Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to VMB, the voice of Manhattan business, brought to you by the Manhattan Chamber of Commerce. I'm your host, Bruce Hurwitz. You can find me on the web at hsstaffing.com. I hope everyone will be able to join me this coming Wednesday at noon when my guest will be Ezekiel Zimmerman from Special Needs Family Planning. We will be discussing life planning for a loved one with a disability. To learn about all future shows, please visit our website, www.thevoiceofmanhattanbusiness.com. And please remember to visit the events page on the Chamber's website, www.manhattancc.org, to learn about upcoming events on the Chamber's calendar. I am delighted to be joined today by Bruce Siegel from Marketing Sense. We will be discussing how LinkedIn can help small businesses. Please remember the opinions expressed on this program are, those, are solely those of the participants and do not necessarily represent the views or positions of the Manhattan Chamber of Commerce. If you have any questions, please feel free to call in. The number is 805-243-1301 and dial 1 so I know you have a question. Now, as today's subject is LinkedIn, and I am known as a mega user on LinkedIn, and I have 30,000 first-degree connections, and some of my posts have gone viral and have been read by over a quarter of a million people, I want to reiterate the fact that I am the host, I am not the guest, and we will not be discussing how I utilize LinkedIn because it is not the norm. So please, if you have questions for me, another time. Today, it's all about Bruce Siegel. Bruce, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bruce. Thanks for having me. Well, it's a pleasure. Tell us about yourself and your company. Well, I've spent my entire career in marketing. I started at MasterCard and uh, Citibank and worked at those two companies for many years. And since 2010, I've run Marketing Sense. My motto is building business without breaking the, the bank. And I believe that smaller businesses are always looking for ways to expand their footprint, become more visible, and grow their lead base. But they have limited funds and need someone who can help them sort through the new technology tools and invest wise, wisely. Uh, one major project I completed at Marketing Sense was to uh, rebrand the IT outsourcing company Coronet. It's now the motto of that company is at the core of your network. And for them and for all my clients, learning how to present oneself and use LinkedIn is part of this kind of transformation. I like to begin all shows with definitions. And I found that even when I think it's just a silly question, sometimes it's not. So there may very well be people listening who don't really get it. So my first question for you is, what is LinkedIn? Well, LinkedIn was launched in 2003, and it is, simply put, a business-focused social networking service. Early on, LinkedIn discovered that there was money in helping recruiters source uh, candidates, so it went on to disrupt that industry. And more recently, LinkedIn aims to position itself as a one-stop 
online resource for professionals, adding to recruiting and networking. It now also focuses on online news for your industry and employee training. LinkedIn has uh, well over 400 million members, well over 100 million in the U.S. And it, it, it's unbelievable how it's grow, it grows exponentially every year. It, it, it's it that the business community would latch on to this. It, I've been following it. It's absolutely phenomenal. Hopefully, one day somebody will write a doctoral dissertation on LinkedIn. It'll be interesting. But why is LinkedIn so important for small businesses? Well, I would say, Bruce, that there's there's three reasons. First, small businesses generally have small marketing budgets, and therefore they need to leverage any low-cost or no-cost marketing option, and LinkedIn certainly is that. And uh, secondly, um, many for many small businesses, their business comes through referrals and relationships. So I say to people, just imagine that you brought much more intelligence into every interaction that you had with a client or a prospect, how much more effective you could be. And the third reason is I don't think you need to be a rocket scientist to generate business for yourself through LinkedIn. Uh, but the proof is in the, the numbers and the case studies. Um, of the uh, Inc. Uh, 500 executives, 94% are on LinkedIn. So that means that small business peers are on LinkedIn and active, as well as the prospects are many of these things, 500 companies would be prospects for um, other small businesses. Um, there was an, an architect in Vermont recently that became very active on LinkedIn publisher blogging platform, and his pieces opened doors for himself, including a local college, and that has led to uh, business for him. It's funny you mentioned Inc. because I've been following Inc. for, yeah, I don't know, 15 years, cover to cover, every month. And they used to track the social media platforms that were used by the CEOs, presidents, founders, whatever, of the Inc. 500. And it was interesting to see how LinkedIn would move up. And then a couple years ago, they stopped, and I just figured it was because it's no longer an issue. Everybody knows you've got to use LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, what have you. This week or this month's uh, issue of the Inc. 500, which is their special annual issue, for the first time in a long time, it showed that more people, and it's only a couple percentage points, more CEOs are using Facebook than LinkedIn. That surprised me. But you, you are 100% correct that you can't be a professional and not be on LinkedIn. I, I agree. Now, let's do the old exercise. I remember we would do this in school. You know, a Martian lands... How do you explain whatever? So a Martian lands, and how do you tell them to get started? How do you advise them to get started on LinkedIn? Well, what I would say is that their 
LinkedIn profile is an important place to start. And they can think of a profile uh, not as an online resume, but more of a, a story about themselves that's professionally personal. So it's kind of a hybrid between a resume and if you were just talking to someone in a networking group about yourself. Um, and these profiles are now checked um, often for many professionals as often as the professional's website. So they're becoming, they're really your professional image to the world. And I offer a 12-item checklist to my clients, and it's things like incorporating visuals, um, a professional headline, which is your elevator speech in 120 characters. And I find that most people don't even know what, what a professional headline is, and they need help writing a, an effective professional um, headline. And for those skeptics out there, I will just tell you that people will contact me and quote specific sentences within my profile. So your profile really does matter. Yeah, you're spot on. This is such a pleasure for me because I deal with, and I'm sure you get them all the time, uh, since I'm not using any names, I'm not going to even pretend to be diplomatic. You have these scam artists. And they don't know what they're doing. They sell people a bill of goods. There's one guy that gets out there and says, if you pay me, I'll get you 500 um, first-degree connections in a week. You can get yourself 500 first-degree connections in an hour for free. You know that. You're legit. But the professional line, when I'm working with somebody and helping them with their profile and their, their resume. Sometimes that's the hardest part of it, is to come up with those 120 characters that are a real sales statement. It's your unique selling proposition. Right. And How I think do you guide people to it? I know what I do, but this is your interview. How do you do it? Well, I think that I think people sometimes need an, an, another perspective to help them kind of pull that together. Sometimes you get so close to yourself that it's difficult to sort of step back and, and come up with that statement. Now, the profile, of course, is key because if you don't have a profile, you're not on LinkedIn. It's as simple as that. Right, but there you want was, not ahead. just a profile, but you want a really good profile that really sure. tells yourself and tells your story. Have, have you seen the experiments people have done with their uh, profile photos? Oh, you mean that having uh, things that are not uh, headshots? Well, there, there was one woman, and this is actually, I wrote about it, it's on one of my posts. Now, this is her, these are her words, not mine. She had what she called the ugly Mike photo, Mike M-I-C. She was giving a presentation, she was speaking, she had the mic that is... Um, you know, connected to an earpiece, so you've got that little ball in front of your mouth, and she called that the ugly Mike picture. And then she had a photo that was very flattering, not that the other one wasn't, but she called that one the pretty pick. When she went from one to the other, she got almost twice as many views when she was using the quote-unquote pretty pick than the ugly Mike pick. 
Right. Um, I mean, I generally think a, a photo is tremendously important, um, but I would probably counsel most people to keep it uh, fairly professional and, um, and, and, you know, fairly straightforward. There are cases yeah. with creative professionals where they can do something a little bit off. I'm working with a client right now, and she wants to come across as very sort of forceful, so that might indicate um, a you know a certain kind of photo. Uh, but I don't, I don't, not really into. I don't generally recommend these kinds of games. It, it was an experiment, and okay. uh, I, 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 I liked it. A man did it, got the same uh, results. There is a caller. But I just want to remind all of our listeners, if you are listening over the phone at uh, 805-243-1301 and you would like to ask a question, dial 1 and then I'll know you have a question. Now, the basis of LinkedIn besides the photo, I'm sorry, besides the profile, is the network. Talk to us about building networks. Well, I think my one word answer is you should build well, it. Uh, first, hang on, Bruce. First, define what a network is because there are people who won't understand first degree, second degree, third degree. Well, your network, what Bruce is referring to is the people that you are connected with directly. So think of it as, a, for those that are not familiar, as a friend on Facebook. Um, and you should build your, your network methodically. Um, and it's always surprising to me how many people, um, even with large number of connections, are missing key contacts. So I think what I mean by methodical is to decide who you want to connect with, uh, clients, uh, prospects, competitors. Those would be three categories. There might be pros and cons of connecting with each of them. And then once you decide that, then see where your gaps are and block some 30-minute segments on your calendar to fill in those gaps. And I would also advise people to take the time to personalize invites. Because in this world of just being bombarded with, with images, it's always great to uh, have, have a personal note. And then once you have a network of first-degree connections, you should cultivate it and, and communicate to that network. Uh, there was a, a lawyer... Uh, a few years ago who had a gap, a period of slow business, and he identified a group of about 50 connections, and he scheduled 30 minutes late one evening each week to touch base with past clients and colleagues, writing individual what are called LinkedIn messages, which is LinkedIn's form of email. And he generated 12,000 in incremental billings just through that uh, simple activity. Bruce, we're going to discuss this. LinkedIn is always making changes, and I promised that I wasn't going to debate you on anything, and I will honor that. But okay. I just logged on. I have 92 invitations pending. Now, as you know, I can't accept these because I maxed out at 30,000. Somebody will leave. I'll accept somebody. But I only have a message, an invitation that has something written on it from one person out of 92. And what she wrote is, Hi, Bruce, I'm trying to grow my network, and I see you are a recruiter. I'd, love, I'd like to connect with you to learn more about the work you do. 
now apparently, and we're going to discuss the fact that LinkedIn is always changing things, and I think they do it specifically just to aggravate me, but uh, now it seems that writing a personal message is really going to be unique because, like I said, I've got 92 invitations pending, and the only one who's written in anything is this one woman. Right. Uh, that doesn't shock me. I would have hoped the statistic would have been a little higher, uh, but she certainly has differentiated herself. That is true. And, you know, sadly saying, she wrote a, co- a coherent message, and that in and of itself is, is a differentiation, sadly, these days. Right. But in any case, just a reminder, you're listening to the Voice of Manhattan Business. My guest today is Bruce Siegel from Marketing Sense. We are discussing how LinkedIn can help small businesses. If you have any questions, feel free to call in. The number is 805-243-1301 and dial 1 so I know you have a question. Please remember the opinions expressed on this program are solely those of the participants and do not necessarily represent the views or positions of the Manhattan Chamber of Commerce. Bruce, how can small business owners utilize LinkedIn to sell to other businesses? Well, that's a very important question. It's really why we're here. I think there are several ways uh, from a uh, simple technique that uh, just takes a moment to something called, ranging up to something called Sales Navigator, which is LinkedIn's premium service for uh, sales professionals. So let me just uh, review three. Uh, Please. First, believe it or not, it, it builds on the conversation that we just had, which is to uh, review your unsolicited incoming in- invites. And Bruce, I think is most people will have some. They're not going to have as many as Bruce, so don't get uh, scared away. But um, I put them into uh, three buckets. So there are people that you know well and you're automatically going to accept them. There's people that for whatever reason, where they are from or the nature of their business, you're going to just not want to be connected with them and you can archive those. And then there are people that are in the middle. And there I recommend that you research them a little bit on LinkedIn and then write a personalized response. Uh, before you uh, accept their invitation, and it's a way to engage the person and draw them into a dialogue. Uh, The second way to generate business is through the advanced search function. I'm sure many of you are doing searches by putting the name in that top bar and, and leaving it at that, but there is a function to do advanced search. And just two examples of how you can use that to, for, for business development and prospecting is there's a function um, if you have a very satisfied client, the client may have been a, a, uh, with you for many years, but in fact there's lots of turnover. So there's a feature within LinkedIn called a past not current search where you can reconnect with people that were working with you at one time and then but have since left and they would be a perfect uh, referral source or uh, potentially where they work now. That works very, very well for small business. The other thing that I recommend in terms of advanced search is the find alumni feature where you can find people that um, you went to school with, and it's an easy way, very easily, and it's an easy way you can drill down into geography and functions 
and it's a very easy way to uh, cultivate those uh, connections. Now, what about selling to consumers? I saw one job. I, I just thought it was brilliant. The man had been laid off. He had spent his entire life, I'm trying to remember, building furnaces. And he got laid off or downsized and went from full-time to part-time. And he started to build wood-burning stoves. And he built uh, four or five different models, very attractive. He guaranteed that the bases uh, would be able to stand the heat. And it was just a, a photo of him standing in front of some very attractive, what looked like metal boxes with nice designs on them that he promised could take a fire of any um, size. And he gave his phone number, which I'm not that comfortable with, given that it's the internet, but nevertheless, gave a phone number, gave the prices, and personally, I hope he did a good business. What are your opinions and your advice on selling to consumers? Um, well, let me give a, a two-part answer to that. Um, I don't think, that with the example that you gave, that uh, LinkedIn would be the best place to do that, because really people are not on LinkedIn uh, for their personal business. If you're looking, uh, if you're getting married and you're looking for vendors to help you, uh, you're probably going to look more on Facebook or Instagram. Even if you're on LinkedIn, you're just not in that, you know, sort of purchasing kind of mode. But having said that, even if you're a, a consumer-oriented business, you should still be on LinkedIn because there are some people where LinkedIn is the only social media that they're on. They don't choose to participate in Facebook or any of the others, so it's important to have a presence. And the other part I would say is that these days there are few um, pure consumer plays. So, for example, the wood-burning uh, fireplaces, he may be looking at alliances with uh, architects or uh, people, yeah, architects that are redesigning someone's home and then they want to have a wood-burning fireplace as part of that. So it's important for him to have a LinkedIn presence in order to network with those people that are going to be his referral sources. And he can build his brand and reputation uh, using LinkedIn. And it's a little bit, a uh, little bit more of a softer sell than what, what you explained to me. But I have heard of people, uh, an interior designer, for example, who has uh, posted and become active on what's called a LinkedIn group and has gotten uh, referrals through that by becoming an expert and, and building her presence that way. Since you mentioned it, why don't you explain what LinkedIn groups are? Uh, LinkedIn groups are essentially uh, interest groups. You take the 407 million and you sort of divide it by any conceivable interest. So it could be uh, people that are interested in environmentally uh, sound design uh, in the in the Northeast, or the Association of Contractors um, in in the Bronx, and just any conceivable kind of that people share either in terms of their interest, uh, their affinity, like where they went to school, or um, their uh, or professional associations. I actually was fooling around 
and I did a Google search of nouns. And I took the first, whatever, 10, 15, and every, for every noun, there was a group in LinkedIn. Yeah, I think there's not, something like 2 million not, groups. So it's a lot if, of kind of a maze, and it's not that easy to navigate through, but if you find the right group, it can be effective for you as a small And position. I'm shocked if there are only 2 million. You may be right. I don't know, but... You know, yeah, 400 million people and any idiot can start a group. But anyways, let's look at the dark side. And I'm not talking here about the people who put on personal photos and politics and spread things that are blatantly false. I'm talking about the serious people who are utilizing the service. What are some of the pitfalls for users of LinkedIn? Well, there's there's a few, as you've alluded to. Um, one thing I think that's really major is that if you go on your LinkedIn homepage, LinkedIn is trying to drive you towards its own agenda of how it wants you to interact with the service. And I think it can be very easy to log on there and just get distracted. For example, there's a uh, a function for people you may know, and you can just spend your day just building your network in, a, in an ad hoc way. So I think I encourage people to really approach LinkedIn in a very focused way. What is it that I want to get out of it in this section and not be distracted by all the messages? Have um, you ever looked at this, the list of people you may know? I Unfortunately, you know, I'm guilty. I do look at it. Okay. Did you know any of them? Oh, no, I know. I could spend all day uh, connecting with people. Oh, that's definitely, funny because I, def- I look at it and I don't know any of these people. I generally know about, you know, 40 or 50 percent. Wow. And I could I literally... maybe 1 percent. Okay. <laughs> there you go. That's good. I'm, I'm surprised. I always thought that this was just some random nonsense. So I learned something. Thank you. Well, now, I think it's it's the size of our networks because... LinkedIn is driving. Uh, um, I have a network of 1,400 people, mm-hmm. and believe it or not, and LinkedIn is very smart in saying, those people, who do they know? And since I have people that I could connect with, it's kind of its algorithm is sort of saying, here's the people that, that used to work at MasterCard from 1998 to 2000 that you may know. Okay, that makes and sense. Whereas, I didn't think of that. Sure, and I think it's working in a different way. Very good point. Thank you. Now, LinkedIn, as we've mentioned, changes all the time. They just changed it yesterday for the format for writing posts, articles. Right. How do you recommend users keep up? Because there comes a point where you just want to throw the computer out the window. Right. Well, I have a couple of suggestions there. Actually, a few suggestions there. One is I recommend that and I do this, that you establish a, a time with yourself where, you're, where things are relatively quiet, maybe a, a, a late, a later in an evening during the week or a Sunday morning is when I do mine, where you're going to spend some time on LinkedIn kind of catching up on your discussion groups and your messages. And then if a change is apparent, you'll have seen it at a time where you're a little bit calmer and you won't get quite as uh, frustrated. I think the um, other thing that, that you could do is um, I think the other mindset is that 
I think a lot of small business owners, and it's understandable because we're all so busy, they have sort of a short fuse about um, how quickly something has to, you know, pay out for them. And my message is that the timing with LinkedIn is kind of unpredictable. So people have to go into it knowing there's going to be those sort of ups and downs. That's the natural flow of leads on LinkedIn, but it's also there are going to be times when you're going to have to invest. Um, you can also go to um, uh, I, I give talks on LinkedIn, and if you attend one uh, once a year, there are many people that do that at different networking groups, chambers of commerce, and so forth. That will help you give you an opportunity to come, you know, to come up uh, to keep up up with up to speed on what's going on. I did a series. I finally broke down and decided to have a YouTube channel, and I found a software package that just records sound and what's on the uh, computer screen. So I did a PowerPoint presentation. In fact, I think it's six PowerPoint presentations on how to use LinkedIn to get a job. Right. Two days later, they changed the system. Oh, no. So that's why I believe that LinkedIn makes these changes simply to aggravate me. Uh, let me just remind our listeners, because we now have another uh, listener over the phone, if you have a question for Bruce Siegel, dial 1, and then I will know that you have a question, and I'll be happy to um, connect you. Bruce, share with us a LinkedIn success story. Sure, I'd be happy to. There are many, but one in particular that sticks in my mind is there was a um, an attorney, well, there was, let me, let me give you one I sort of missed earlier, which was we were talking about accepting uh, invitations, researching um, invitations, and then contacting people with a response. I had a client, a, a presentation coach, and she had um, a sort of quiet period in her business, so she followed my advice, and she was contacted by an author who was about to go through a book tour and needed some help with presentation coaching. She did her research, and then rather than accepting the invite, she invited the person for coffee. They had coffee, and one thing led to another, and it ended up being a three-month engagement uh, for my client, plus the author referred her to other business, plus the author came back for more work at a, at a point in time. So just through something simple as questioning an invitation, uh, she was able to generate significant business for herself. So she turned in from a, a LinkedIn skeptic to a LinkedIn believer. I will, because it's very short, I'm going to give my favorite story. I was work as you know, I'm an executive recruiter. I was working on a search for an economist at a bank in Columbus, Ohio. Who do I know in Columbus, Ohio? Nobody. I had, I remember, because at the time you could send messages to 50 people at the same time. I had 48 contacts in Columbus, Ohio. I sent a message out to all of them. I'm looking for a uh, an economist bank in Columbus. Here's the job description. If you know of anybody, please share it. Well, I got a candidate because one of my clients, or one of my connections, excuse me, had a client whose husband was an economist. The woman 
owned a beauty parlor. Never in a million years would I have contacted beauty parlors to look for an economist. But on LinkedIn, I did, and it worked. Right. So there you go. Bruce, thank you. I really enjoyed this. And before I let you go, please tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you. Well, I do accept on LinkedIn uh, open profile messages. So if you can figure out how to do that, feel free to contact <laughs> And I also give you my email address. That's really the best way, which is Bruce at Marketing Sense and then the number 2.com. And, and Sense I, is S-E-N-C-E. Right. That's right. Thank you. And I make it a goal uh, to help once a week without any expectation of return. So I welcome contacts, and you can be uh, that. Well, Bruce, I thank you profusely. I hope you'll come back on. I think we may have lost Bruce. I'm but, here. No, I'm here. Oh, can you okay. hear me? Yeah. Did you want to? I can um, now. I'm sorry? I No, I can now. I just wanted to thank you uh, again for coming on the show. Were there any questions? Uh, no. The, we have listeners, but apparently we've asked and answered all the questions that they had. Okay. So I thank you. I thank okay. you. I'm sure that people will be in touch. Right. And as and as always, I want to uh, extend a special thank you to our listeners. And I'm certain that Bruce joins me in wishing everyone a safe and prosperous week.